How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm just here Munch. making content in a hotel room. That's what I've been doing all day. Is that a Jack DeVille shirt you have on? It is. It's an old school Jack DeVille shirt. I like it's, it. It's, I thought that was Yoda. Vintage. Oh. Um, <laughs> I get a lot of compliments on this dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a lovely dog. You're a lovely dog. Oh, you said the nicest things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm definitely doing much better for seeing you. I mean, I think, I'm not sure, Blake, we might be in the presence of a country and western <laughs> megastar. I'm just going to put that oh, right out I'm there. I'm pretty sure that we are currently, well, yeah. I've, I've been known to be kind of a big deal in these parts, you know? <laughs> in uh, these parts, you, by these parts, you mean Nashville, Tennessee? <laughs> well, in this circumstance, I guess that's what Richard's alluding to. You know? It's not much of an illusion. I'm pretty direct with my quotation there. Tell us all, <laughs> Bri. Well, before you do, I just want to get oh. into the fact that uh, I had Keely on uh, my most recent episode, yeah. and we mm-hmm. went on and on about your gig and how excited we were that oh, you were really? doing it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yep. That's nice of you guys. Mm-hmm. He was very complimentary of your guitar playing. Robert's a sweetheart of a guy. He's he really just is. A, he's just... I say this all the time because it seems like it's so few anymore, but he's one of my favorite humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you know, as, he, he as is I definitely older, um, my, just gets lower and lower. My second favorite pedal builder. Um, I'm going to say that. <laughs> I'm your first, right? A hundred percent. That pizza awesome. pedal is everything to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, anyway, no. sorry to interrupt, but yes, I want to know about the gig. Let's talk about the gig. Let's hear okay, about so, the gig. I, hopefully I'm not rehashed. I don't remember if we talked about this last week or not. Did we? We mentioned bit. it was coming up, but you were a bit coy because, you know, things could have gone wrong. So you you said, okay. well, sort of, maybe, kind of, should have, would have. You actually did. Okay. Okay, so I'll just start over from the beginning because I'll just assume no one heard me last week. So here I am last week. I'm, you know, doing my breadboard thing and all that sort of stuff. And I get a text message from someone. And it says, hey, I got your number from someone else, mutual friend, and uh, looking for someone to put down some guitar tracks on one of my songs. And keep in mind, I don't normally do this, right? Like, this is not a normal thing for me, other than, like, putting tracks down for, like, TikTok videos where I poke fun at other songs. Uh, And my own stuff, of course. But, like, you know, I've never really done session work. What the hell? Why not? You know? Mm -hmm. Let's try it. Let's try it. Sure. So, threw down some tracks, sent it to him. He liked them. And he gave me another song worked on that and he liked that and uh so i thought well that was a cool experience well then he hit me up again he's like by the way i have a gig at the bluebird in nashville doing a showcase on writer's night on sunday you want to do it and i was like well i've only wanted to do this since i was 20 so yeah (laughs) yeah let's i said i'm supposed to be doing like a reba thing but i will be there no matter if i do not sleep the night before i will be there um, Wait, you're supposed to do a Reba thing? Yeah, just hanging. I didn't know the guys from Reba's band, so. Oh, man. Um, they were coming to town. Oops, turn that off. They were coming to town and uh, unfortunately got canceled, got rescheduled because Reba ha- having some, I don't know if she has a cold or something, but something to do with her voice. So she rescheduled a few weeks away, or I guess mm-hmm. a month away. Um, so that didn't work out anyway. So we went out early. We just went and. Went to Nashville on Saturday because the writers' night, the thing at Bluebeard was on Sunday, and um, 
had dinner with Brent Mason and his wife. You know, not oh. to let me pick at that name real quick. Hang on. Oh, yeah. Okay, you, man, you dropped jo- a heavy I, one there. I just dropped it. <laughs> don't, Sorry. don't throw your back out. You know, yeah. trying to pick up that heavy name you just dropped. <laughs> and on the way down, you know, Vince Gill called me. Uh, you know, oh boy! I mean, hold on. Hold on wait a saying, you know, yeah, Can I, mean, I just ask? You know, uh, what yeah, kind of gonna, restaurant did you eat in with uh, with Brent and, and his good lady wife? Uh, well, so where we were, and it's it's pre CMA. Well. As you hear this, the CMAs were last week. And so this was like pre-CMA stuff. Nashville's crazy. It's just, uh, it's always crazy, but this is right before the CMAs. So it's extra crazy. And um, country music awards, for those who don't know what I'm talking about. Kind of a big deal in this part of the country. And uh, so we got, we had to call around, tried to find reservations, ended up getting a seat at a cheesecake factory, actually. Okay, that's probably. Places. I mean, I was. My next question was utterly. I, I entirely was trying to set you up to say, and how did the waiter feel when you ordered nothing other than yogurt and peanut butter? But yeah. at a cheesecake factory. He <laughs> was probably like, yeah, the yogurt and peanut butter cheesecake. That's over there, right next to the Reese's right. cheesecake, the cheesecake cheesecake, and the right. um, and the one with AR15s right. in it. But they're like, <laughs> they're like. I'm like, well, all y'all's got cheesecake? And they said, we have some peanut butter cheesecake. I said, can you just do the peanut butter and not the cheesecake? Is that an option? <laughs> no, I didn't do that. Uh, so, you know, I had a good dinner with them. Um, back to the hotel and then practiced like crazy for the next six hours. And then got up, went to set up and play the gig. And it was amazing. It was Better than I thought it was going to be. Not that I thought it was going to be bad. I just, you know, I don't usually get nervous for gigs, but this is one of those things that I was pretty nervous about. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, going back to like, this was, this was, <laughs> I'll go back even further. So when I was about 20, I saw this movie called Can't Buy Me, not Can't Buy Me Love. Debbie she, Does a, Dallas. It's a one with River Phoenix called About Nashville. Oh, I don't know that one. The Lost Boys. <laughs> what is it called? It is called The Thing Called Love. Sorry. So the okay. movie called The Thing Called Love. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm 20 years old or something. So I'm uh, just a youngster. And I saw this in this movie. This was when I was kind of just getting into, like, the country music scene. And this movie takes place at the Bluebird and is all based around songwriting in Nashville at the Bluebird. And so since that point, I'm like, that's what I want to do. Um, I'm I'm going to go to Nashville and and try to write some and and see if I can get into that scene. Um, I did travel back and forth a little bit, but I never did move because, well, of stupid mistakes and stupid decisions as a youngster. No, yeah. Um, so made some critical errors on my part and did not move. But um, you know, I always wanted to. Um, so anyways, so get to the gig and I'm literally just like, I was emotional, like uh, just on the verge of breaking down because I was like, oh my, like I have waited years for this moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So the, the only thing I kept thinking was like, hold it together, hold it together. <laughs> Which is funny because <laughs> one of the first things I said, I saw, uh, We'll get on to it a bit later, but throughout, I was kind of texting um, Amanda, uh, and I was like, he's holding it together pretty well, because I knew that 
Like Brian's comfort zone currently is in front of a breadboard with uh, very loose-fitting clothing on and <laughs> a pile of peanut butter and yogurt. He is not comfortable being in front of people having to do stuff. I, I don't think any of us probably really are. It, well, that, so, in that capacity, not so much. You know, like do it, like going to Nam and doing that sort of thing, not a problem. Or go, but the know. spotlight was on you. And For live boy, podcasting, I got that. That's going to yeah. be fine. Live <laughs> podcasting, that's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even like like doing video work is is not a problem. It, it's it's there's never hesitation. But this situation, you know, it just again, I probably because for all the nostalgia reasons and everything behind it, all everything behind it for me, uh, I was uh, I was nervous and I was emotional. So, and and the look on his face, I can only describe as completely robotic. I mean, he held it in (laughs) completely. And I could tell. I was like, he is definitely feeling the nerves. He is concentrating on the chords. And um, sorry, I forgot the name of the singer. What was the the name of your your singer, dude? So the artist is Ben Gerald, is yeah. the artist. Who, by the way, is awesome, Brian. He can not only can he sing a song, but he can write a good song. Um I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. But he was kind of doing really good kind of professional like feedback with the audience and kind of banter back and forth. And every now and then he would look to Brian and kind of like like make a gag and, and Brian would laugh at the right spot. But I could just see on Brian's face, he's like D minor, then I've got to play a diminished ninth chord. <laughs> oh, and then, then the Whitley's happen. Well, it's Nashville, so I'm like, okay, one, four, we got a six minor, and then you, you know, so and then I'm like, wait, six minor. So if I'm in A, that's one, two, three. Oh, okay. So I'm doing the math in my head, you know. Because I don't do it every day. No. Um, if you're in Nashville, like you say six minor to someone and she's like, Oh yeah, not a problem, I gotcha. Um you know, because obviously that's the E minor, right? And that's yeah. the Nashville system, is it? Yeah, that, sure. That, that number yeah, system. I mean, obviously yeah. everybody knows that. At what point do you stomp on your fuzz pedal and the reverb? Uh, when do you do that in the set? <laughs> that's when I come uh, in. <laughs> I did use reverb, but it's not in the same way that you use it. It's mm. more like well, a little bit of spring. A little bit of spring. Just a little bit? We'll talk about the pedal well, we have to talk about the pedal board in a minute, but I, I'm just going to sure. kind of fill in a little bit because I've kind of skipped forward as normal. Um, so Amanda filmed the whole thing uh, live and yeah, streamed it on, on yep. Brian's Facebook. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, and I was watching it live, and for the first time ever, I kind of, well, first time in many years, went, you know what? Technology is pretty bloody good. Because when Brian said, I'm doing a gig... I really want to go and, like, like, Blake, if you did a gig, I would desperately want to come and see it because my friends performing, that is life for me. That is what life's about. So the fact that I could tune in via Facebook and watch Brian perform live, I was sat there with a whiskey. I was uh, nibbling on some uh, yogurt-coated peanuts in his in his honour. And <laughs> I'm telling you, I enjoyed the gig. I didn't enjoy... I said I said at one point, I said, I'm slightly distracted by the fact that the guy on the left has open-toed sandals on in November and he keeps tapping his toes in weird, weird rhythms. But... <laughs> I, and, and, and the, you know, that's... That's just me trying to be funny. But, Brian, it was really enjoyable. You played really well. Uh, you you didn't sound very loud in the mix, but I think that's probably because the phone was picking up the kind of more acoustic frequencies because I think phone speakers pick up 
that side of it a little bit better. But when you, you dropped a couple of solos, I was like, I'm kind of very proud of Bry right now because he's <laughs> he's in the home of the music he loves, performing the music he loves to people who love listening to it. It doesn't get much better. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. And and the singer's like the real deal. He's if you like Waylon type stuff, he's your guy all day long. Like mm-hmm. he's legit. He's not a, a bro country type of thing at all. And in fact, the complete opposite. And Oddly enough, in talking to people, it kind of seems like country music is kind of rev- going back to its roots a bit. That is Getting an interesting to. trend that I'm noticing. My wife is just like, she's she's always listened to everything, but lately, in the last four to six months, she's listening to nothing but country. And a lot of it is newer artists, and a lot of it, it's like, this is actually really good. And it seems that there's finally, at long last, the this actual backlash against some of that stuff in the more mainstream format. In the more mainstream, yeah. Yeah, and people like, there's an artist I mentioned uh, we saw over the summer named Zach Bryan. He, I think he's went platinum, I don't know how many times at this point, and I still don't know if he's on the radio. Like, it's Which doesn't wild. surprise me, because radio is so weird. It's like, they want to wait till everything is a big deal, then they're like, oh, I guess we should play this, you know? But it seems and, like the country radio has finally broken. You know, like it was yep. the last bastion of radio mattering for artists. Mm-hmm. And now I I think it doesn't, finally it doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not unless it's just background noise, you know, somewhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for at least from what I could tell, people actually listening to country music in, in this area, like they're, they're kind of tired of, you know, the rap country stuff and the, you know beers tailgates and pickup trucks and you know party with my girl on my arm type of country stuff mm-hmm. you know and want a little more depth and that's exactly what this ben gerald guy's doing is is going for it and so it's fun to be a part of it basically yeah and i, I mean i i'm not an expert i think we've established that i am not an expert on country music here what? I enjoyed I enjoyed it all, and I was like, he's definitely got more of a kind of like 70s country vibe about him. There was, like, if you'd have transplanted that and put that scene into any which way but loose with Clint Eastwood in, like, the 1980s, <laughs> I'd have bought it. And like I said to Brian beforehand, like, I had no idea what the Bluebird was going to be like. In my head, I was imagining the scene where the Blues Brothers go on stage behind that, like, <laughs> cage and get pelted by the good old boys or whatever, but um, until they play Rawhide. But it wasn't. It was a very brightly lit bar. Uh, Brian, you know, it was a very small kind of, like, focus yeah. point. Everyone was very close together. And it was it was wonderful. And the musicians were fantastic. You, you, uh, ben, did you say it was? Ben Gerald? Ben Gerald. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, yeah. He's got a great voice on him and a great way about him. And I, I didn't realize it wasn't the band that you'd been rehearsing with. I didn't realize that this was like a new situation for you. I thought this was just the band you'd been rehearsing with, Bri. Mm, so, no, no, totally, no, no. Never played with them before. Yeah. I, well, I think so. you probably, I mean, the, um, the, the pedal steel guitar player as well, who obviously took a lot of heavy lifting on some of the solo work. He was yeah. absolutely fantastic. He absolutely yeah, he, nailed it. Um, but you yeah, held he your was, own, my friend. He was really good. Steve Nelson is who yeah. that is, by the way. Um, if you're in Nashville, you probably and know Steve. You were playing your new Brent Mason telly? I was, yeah. yeah. How, how did that work out for you? Um, 
so it's got a particular sound and for some and so when I record stuff for Ben I use it for some of the stuff that I need more bendery you know mm-hmm. type of more like a 90s country thing but then there's some stuff where I, I just need like straight up Pete Anderson and so mm-hmm. for that I'll use uh, one of my Whitfields because it just nails that you know fit. it's very 50s sounding it sounds legit and um, so so I kind of go back and forth but for the gig I played the Brent Mason thing and it worked worked really well what the rest of the rig look like? That was going to be the, the follow-up question. We'll be right back. Is real music dying? What even is real music, and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician, and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird, and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer, or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, so let's talk, talk us through the sure. Wampla rig. Sure. So I start out with a Brent Mason telly, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, I go from that to an Amazon Basics compressor. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. an Amazon Basics overdrive. Uh-huh. Then to uh-huh. an Amun uh, Tumnus alike. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just direct in, you know, just direct into the console. Couple of K-line sure. rats in the middle. That sounds about right. Yeah. There's a, no, Nux, tra- a Nux reverb in there somewhere. Yeah. No, I'm trying to find my actual. No, he, okay. he had two experimental so, Eventide H90s and uh, <laughs> and the brand new Horizon FX warp modulator. No, I use the Terraform and the Metaverse, and they work perfect. Again, sorry, for this- what manufacturer of pedals makes those two exciting sounding <laughs> devices there, Brian? So these pedals happen to be by Wampler Pedals and Wampler Pedals, Wampler Pedals, 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 Pedals. <laughs> but but I mean. Uh, I used them in the straight up traditional way that I kind of envision using them, which is I need several different modulations and I need several different delays. So I'm going to set everything up, create a few patches and it's easy, peasy, good to go, you know? And uh, so that's what I did. Drive wise, I used a gearbox because it's got the tumness in it. It's the and, it's a great it's yeah. a great single pedal to have on your board. Uh, I just, I love that pedal so much. The the stupid thing is I needed a drop down for a baritone part. And so I couldn't find I couldn't find my drop pedal, and my brain was all over the place. So I didn't realize I had like eight other pitch shifting pedals that I could have taken. But I took the whammy, you know, the one that's like four feet wide by two feet tall. Yeah, but it's so, a classic for a reason. Because right, works. but I just used the I just used the octave down. That's all I used it for. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And, it looks uh, good. It's red. It's big. It's 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 fine. cool. So yeah. A funny thing, actually, um, somehow, I don't know if someone hit my settings or whether I bumped into it, or but it went to an octave up when I played mm. the actual song between rehear- well, uh, uh, I didn't uh, sound check and I, he, well, I mean, I, so I heard it and I was like, oh, crap. All right. We're, there's no change in it now. Hold on, boys. <laughs> we're going in. <laughs> so you thought it was like, going to be baritone? <laughs> Instead, it's a tenor. <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay, so it looks like this cell is being played on the low E and A string. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but we made it work and um, it came out really well. So, yeah. 
It's been it was a whirlwind of a of a weekend, but a lot of fun. What amp did you play? Deluxe reverb all yeah. the way straight up. Hard to yeah. go wrong. Okay, I mean, something like that, you got to throw in a deluxe reverb. There's just, just, I mean, you can, you can get away with the Vox sort of thing, but for this stuff, it's a deluxe reverb. What were you deluxe using for big go crusher? Go Vibro maybe? That was, I can't answer. You guys are both the same time. <laughs> My bad. Ring the bell, Richard, then you can go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Richard? I merely inquired as to which bit crusher pedal you used. Oh, uh, all Earthquaker devices stuff. Yes. Okay. All uh, of them. Uh, the, their entire range. And you were using was. a reverse delay and a ping pong simultaneously? <laughs> no. And a panning oh. tremolo? No. Mm. Uh, we're, we're not slagging off panning tremolos, because tonight no. I've heard a fantastic panning tremolo that I really liked. But it's, I love it's pretty panning hard tremolos. To- I mean, I'm using, I was using a single amp, though, so a panning tremolo in one amp. Mm. It's got two speakers, well, Bry. That's no, your first just, mistake. What in this amp? Oh. <laughs> first mistake is not going stereo. So now we're going to critique. We're going to critique this rig. So yeah, for, the problem is not stereo. <laughs> That's an issue. The other issue is you probably put the delay before the drive. That's a mistake that everyone you know should always avoid at all <sighs> costs. Yeah, and uh, sounds like again not stereo. Did I say that enough times? That's you a did mm-hmm. the. There wasn't enough room to run stereo if I wanted to, but you know, most times I've been to the Bluebird. There's plenty. There's plenty. It was tight. I mean, (laughs) I'm not saying that it was cramped on stage because that makes it sound like it was a shitty stage. But uh, the drummer was playing a drum kit that was nine foot tall, so you know, it was it was pretty compact. He was like hitting the sticks like this. Monkey impersonation. He uh, yeah, he had a pretty simplified set too, and was using brush not uh, not like jazz brushes, but you know the what do the you rods. I guess rods. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So you know just because we had to keep stage volume down, uh, but the place was sold out. It only seats ninety people, but it they're sold out months in advance for that for those types of shows. Yeah, it's hard to get so, into. It yeah. really is. It's a. It was pay- it's funny because I think a lot of people are picturing. I don't think they have an accurate depiction of like what the Bluebird is in their head. It's literally in a strip mall. There's not very many like legendary venues that are in strip so malls, but that's over one here, of them. The word strip mall would actually kind of probably mean a place where ladies took their clothes off. What does it mean over Out, there? Outlet mall, let's say. Yeah, it's like a okay. a mini okay, mall. So, a mini mall. I mean, you know, oh, it's I think like I know the sort. Yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah. a few in Orlando. Yeah, you got yeah. kind of like a dozen shops and a really rubbish restaurant and a and a bar full of uh, drunken country and western people. But but if you've seen the show Nashville, I think it's a series on Netflix or something. But if you've seen that show, that takes place in the Bluebird. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a place where basically every country music star got it's such their, a cool spot. got their it start really like garth brooks and taylor swift like basically everybody's got their start at the bluebird that's that's where you go you shop your songs to writers and and uh record companies mm-hmm. so it's kind of a it's kind of a big deal i feel like it's one of the last places on earth too that that is a thing yeah you know most of the time now it's like people just get stuff submitted to them or whatever or they find it online somewhere and they're like, cool, we need to sign this Wampler fella. He's the next Taylor Swift <laughs> um, <laughs> you know 
Uh, He's but, certainly uh, more attractive than Taylor Swift. Oh, oh well, yes. I mean, I've got a better forehead. Does that count? I, I've got more. more <laughs> You've got of more the forehead. forehead. I mean, more, more, better is more forehead. Yeah. <laughs> can we um, can we call our next pedal more forehead? Is that, oh, is that forehead? That's, that's, and that should be a knob. You know, just actually shape the hit, shape the knob like my head, and just label it more. And just label, <laughs> you know? turn up the forehead, and it, right. It, Adds an, a nice glisten to your tone. Yeah, that's mm. the presence control, basically. <laughs> well, I didn't want to mention the glisten, uh, but Bri, why didn't you? Why weren't you wearing a cowboy hat? Because okay, everyone so, else had a hat yeah, on I, except that's right, that's right. you. You're exactly right. So I, I was the one who did not. And, and um, you know what? I will tell you that I will be completely honest here. So we walked down Broadway in Nashville, which is like where all the, the party bars are. You know, there's tons of bars. Tons of bands, et cetera. There are some shops that sell cowboy hats and stuff. So we walked through there and I went through every store that sold cowboy hats. Had the, I had the staff helping me trying to find a hat that would fit my skinny ass head, right? And I stumped all of them. They're like, you just don't have a head for a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> they tell me like, oh, maybe you should burn. just wear a ball cap. <laughs> Man. That's rough. You don't have the head for a cowboy hat. Isn't that like saying you should become a nurse? You were never going to become a cowboy. Every time I put one on, they're like, you look like a park ranger or something. (laughs) 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 Wow. Ranger Ranger Brian. Ranger mm. Brian. I mean, that's not a bad look either. You could have went but up as a full park ranger. Yeah. You yeah. you look good in a um a normal baseball hat or whatever they're they're called these days. You should have just worn that because your pedal steel player had one. And I was like, Brian should have yeah. just worn that. He would have fitted in a lot more and wouldn't have been yeah. like, look at me, I'm the guitar player. You can tell because I don't have a hat. Everyone else does. Actually, I don't think your drummer had a hat either. I think your drum was the hatless. drummer did not, but you know the drummer's behind everybody, and and you know no one cares about the drummer anyway. They had a high play, hat. They don't even play instruments. You know they just, they just bang hit on, stuff. Yeah, they bang, just bang on, on stuff. Things. Yeah, yeah. It's I'll, not a real. I'll, I'll they're not like real you, musicians. You know? What? <laughs> oh, oh, slow down. Ro- romantic, romantic gal first, Richard. Jeez, <laughs> don't go straight in for the kill. I mean, they're right up there with bass players. You know what I mean. Oh. I mean, the rhythm section is like the most important part of a band. Of it course. literally, it literally is. One time we took, uh, we were mixing a record, and we took out the drums just to see what it sounded like, and it was like this song immediately sucks now. Like it's horrible. You got to have the drums. The drums and drums. The drums are magic. I a, a I only drummer, say that because I'm a terrible drummer. Is a the good drummer truth. can make or break a, a song really? Mm-hmm. Because if they're a bad drummer, then the whole thing just sounds terrible. Yep. Guilty as charged. I'm a bad drummer <laughs> and a bad guitarist. I'm both. <laughs> Me too. That's this wonderful thing that we do. This we should podcast start a band. Together. We mm-hmm. should start the Shags Mark Two. That's what we should do. I feel like the Shags drumming is better than mine. Okay, you sure. are a terrible drummer. Yeah, I'm a terrible drummer. I'm that terrible that isn't drummer. drumming. What she's doing, that's not drumming. That's hitting skins till they bleed. Um, that's, uh, no, that's it was how awesome, I make Brian. music. Yeah, it I was, hit it, things till it bleeds. <laughs> it was very awesome. Uh, very, very proud, uh, you know, from a friend's point of view to kind of watch that. I thought, yeah, he's he's enjoying himself. And uh, Yeah, it was great. Uh yeah, go check it out on Facebook. So, to the gear news. Um, hmm. oh, we, oh, need a, we need a stinger for, for gear news. I need gear news. Gear. New, 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 new news. 
Let's see. Oh, wait, I got, I got my volume down. Here's try it again. Here's. There we go. Dear News with Blake Wyland and Richard Oliver. Why are you saying it in the voice of like an 80 year old? <laughs> And this week's gear news, we'll be looking at Zimmer frames, we'll be looking at Apple Source, and we'll be looking at incredibly comfortable clothing. Who makes the best walker? Right. I got you. I got you. Uh, clearly, that would be the Imperial Dockyards of. Uh, um, Corellia. Um, the Eventide H90. Have mm. you guys looked at this much? Indeed. It 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 it's uh it looks very cool. It so here very, is what it is. Cool. It is two Eventide H9s in one package, basically. Mm -hmm. Because the thing with the Eventide uh, H9 was that you couldn't run more than one effect. This lets you run two effects. So it is very clever. It has some very clever routing options. There is only one issue I have with it, but I'm going to let you guys cast your opinions before I give you my issue. I've got two, really. Well, so the the H9 has long been... It, it's really a brilliant pedal. Like It was mm -hmm. one of the first of its kind to do it, to do the multi-effect in such a great way. And if I'm not mistaken, it's also one of the first ones that is like app controlled as well. I don't know how long the H9's been out now, but it's uh it's kind of become the a apps, legend. The app slash app, blah, blah, the app is actually really good. Which is you also know, unusual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a really great app. Um I've always taken issue with the fact that it's got all this processing power and seemingly can only do one effect at the same time no matter what that effect is. So this does fix it. Although I must say, it's I hate to sound like this I hate to sound like this person. It's a lot of money. A lot of cash. When the RP one hundred from Digitech will get me there, you know? That's got right. Delays, got my reverb, Problem got my number one identified, Blake. Mm -hmm. It is the cost of an entire new rig. I well, mean you could literally buy a, quite, a, an but... amp and a guitar for the money of this pedal. It'd be a squire. You could buy an okay amp and a squire, maybe. Yeah. Well, but, okay, but hold on. We could say the same thing like if you buy a Dumble amp. We could buy a house for that much. Yes, That's true. But you, but you won't get the Dumble amp. Mm -hmm. That's very true. But you could live in a Dumble amp. You can't live inside. <laughs> We'd have to be quite small, and you'd have to like probably hollow out the speaker cone a bit. But you be couldn't difficult. live inside the H90 pedal. It's very small, and it's a lot of money. And I think you'd have to be either incredibly committed to your bedroom noodling or a professional to really warrant buying one of these because I can't imagine dropping $900 on a single multi-effects pedal, even though it does have some... I mean, it's, it's basically a modelling unit, isn't it? It's like an HX stomp or a whatever now, but it does have some really nice gain modelling in it. The Tube Screamer sounds really good. You know what I found interesting... Um I find it interesting that Eventide comes out with this at the same time that Morley puts out their all-analog multi-effects. Oh, my God. Are we combining two subjects into one wow, time-consuming segment? Him, look at him go. That's incredible. I'll tell you, Blake, he's had a little bit of the Nashville rub off on him. He's the trying first to be professional time, now. 
he had this like golden Cadillac with cow horns on the front, <laughs> which he traded his truck in for. The second sign was the boots. He's got the cowboy boots. Can't fit in the hat. We've established that he looks like Ranger Brian. But yeah, <laughs> now he's just like a radio show professional. Yeah, he's he's really Nashville really expanded his range. This is really incredible. Uh, but no, you, you make a very good point. This Morley uh, analog multi effects pedal is where my like I'm my brain says H ninety, my heart says Morley analog. Yeah, and I mean I lo- so not to go back. I'm not meaning to go back, but I love when I get the opportunity to like go play a gig and use my stuff as a typical gigging musician mm-hmm. because then it like makes me think things you know and like for example like i look at this eventide going that's great that'd be awesome to use in a certain situation but if i'm on a stage i need to reach down and turn a knob i've got to just turn a knob and you know for something like that it's, the morley would probably tick my uh tick the boxes off better for me no yeah, i totally agree if i'm not mistaken though the morley like it, there's this is not something you're going to have a lot of presets or program, which is great for a lot of people. I will say it aesthetically really does it for me. I like mm. this vibe. Really? It, mm-hmm. It f- feels like something out of the 70s, which I it guess does. is which a lot of thing. Morley stuff does. They've got a great logo. Actually, not entirely dissimilar in kind of weight, their logo, to the Wampler logo, because their font is a big, blocky font. So kind of reminds me a little bit of, of, of our logo, but... I love their gear. I used to have a Morley volume pedal, which isn't the most exciting pedal in the world, but it was just built not like a tank because that's a that's a cliche, but it was built like several tanks. Several. What's uh, this is a kind of a random aside, and I, I may have mentioned this a long time ago, but Morley has a list of like accomplishments on their website, which is pretty common. You know, in nineteen whatever we did this, in nineteen whatever this happened, blah blah blah, and. The thing that struck that stuck out to me as the funniest was I think it was 2020 or 2021. They listed being featured on Chibson as one of their many accomplishments as a company. Really? Yeah. So, which I that's that great hilarious. for Chibson though. So I, so I love probably, Chibson so much. We should probably say who Chibson is real quick. For oh yeah, Chibson are, USA, wonderful social media presence uh, that is just uh, just teases the whole guitar world about so everything. So creative, very yeah. very good. Um, but I want to just go back to what you were saying, Brian, because. I, I thought that the same when I was watching. I was like, I bet this makes Brian get back into uh, pedals in a slightly different way than he has been recently. Because recently, we've been working quite hard. We've had a pretty tight schedule on everything. And it, it felt like sometimes we were forgetting, you know, what the point of this whole business was. And the point of this business is we love music and we love making music and hearing music and playing music. And I got the feeling straight away that you came back from this thinking, right, I'm now going to make this pedal and I'm going to make this pedal and I'm going to fire Richard. Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was absolutely a reinvigorated state of passion with my my pedal game, right? And then I was thinking, you know, Richard, I mean, he's kind of getting older. <laughs> yeah. Pro- you know, we probably could just lose him. It's and time to really... put the old gray mare yeah. out to pasture, as they say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's probably yeah. done his last last podcast for a while. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think so. It's a glue factory for you, Richard. <laughs> glue factory all day long. I mm-hmm. gave up sniffing glue years ago. Um, 
<laughs> so, I, but I, I also resonate with the other thing you said there, bro. Because I, I literally, and a slight plug here, I was just on the Fret Talk podcast uh, with Budget Pedal Chap and uh, Lee from Pedal Boards of Doom, which was very awesome, and they're very, very funny guys. Uh, and, and we just laughed a lot, basically, mainly at me, but also sometimes with me. Um, and Lee is a very big fan of the um, H90, maybe because he works with Eventide and they're sending him one and he won't get us one, but never mind. Uh, but I was like, I need to be be able to look down, see the knobs, see where they are, and, and that's all I need to do sometimes. Yes, I like having MIDI presets because I'm testing a lot of pedals and it's very easy to, to set up and, and forget about. But honestly, I like... I don't like screens, I don't like interfaces, I like knobs that I can look at and look at the position straight away and know what I'm getting from it. And right. you can kind of get that with the H9, but it's not the same. It, H90, it's, it's not the same. Well, and, and that's why I said it kind of depends on the use case. I mean, if I was doing a set where, like, I had my settings, we played the same songs every night, nothing's going to change, you know, and I know this, then yeah, I, then I would probably be digital all the way. I would just want to use a MIDI controller of some sort and have my settings for every song. But for something like this, where they're like, you know what? I'm going to throw a song at you. Let's do this one. You know, I think we did Against the Wind or something like that. We threw that in there. Um, you know, you can't, it's a little more difficult when you're like, hold on, got a couple of banks and patches to scroll through. Give me, <laughs> right. give me about two minutes. I got to get this app going. Hang on just a second here. Oh, it's not, the Bluetooth's not connecting. Get, <laughs> hold on just a minute, everybody. What's the, the Wi Fi password here? <laughs> yeah. And then you get the classic spinal tap scene where the radio mic gets interference from like air traffic control. I get it. Yeah. Um, uh, that said, I do trust Eventide to have. You know it's top, is, top. You know yeah. it's great. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. I mean, without even hearing, it, I'm like, that's going to be a fantastic oh, pedal. But I then yeah. did, and I sent you a couple of demos. So they did one with a. Um, oh, there a, a is something interesting here. Tremolo. Uh, I, I didn't realize about this. They've got something for, say, the solo performer. Uh, guitar and vocals both can plug into this with quote or their their what they're calling mixing link. And watching, <laughs> looking at this routing diagram on here. It, it's pretty interesting. It looks so yes, you can apply different double okay. stereo pairs by the looks of it, yeah, and you can do cool. some very clever stuff with it. And in fact, you uh, and Lee went into great detail on the fret talk to talk about this. And at the end of it, I was like, "Are we planning a Death Star uh, trench run?" Because it's kind <laughs> of like he was like pointing at charts and like drawing these things. But uh, uh, basically, it's literally two. H9s that you can route in parallel, in the series, in whatever way you want, and do some very clever things. I'm with. starting to come around on it now. Maybe it is. It's 900 it's... bucks. That mm. think how many baritones that buys. Less than one. No, that buys exactly one. I guess maybe a used one. Maybe <laughs> a used Squire. You're such yeah. a snob. God, which I would. Changed, I would take man. a used. The U Squire uh, Tele Baritone. I'd take that all day, every day. Oh, yes, I would. I just no. bought a baritone, actually. What? What'd you get? Me. Yeah. I arrives tomorrow, actually. I, I, well, I'm going to get some heat from this, but I bought a Squire Tele Baritone. No, those are fantastic. I just said so. Everyone listen to me. I, the on the other hand, the think Squire? you're a complete yeah, bellend. I love the Squire stuff. i got a Squire bass. It's, I love, for what I do, it's great. That's a five-string as a Squire? Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Mm. 
Hmm. Yeah. And I love that so much. I'm like, you know, I have no problem with buying a Squire Telly. Let's do it. Those Telly baritones are awesome. Is that like the paranormal one? Is that what that one? The paranormal one. It's uh, it's Sunburst. Does that count? It's got like the 90s in it or something. I don't think. The paranormal ones are all flat colors, aren't they? Oh, you might be right about that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like the Sunburst because, well, I'm old. And uh, a lot of my other guitars are sunburst. How are you going to tell it apart then? <laughs> <laughs> I think this when I play it, I'll be like, wait, this is tuned way low. Oh, yeah, it's the baritone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll be like, all other guitars are lame. I, I can't believe I'm <laughs> so playing I anything just, else. <laughs> before we, um, we, we dive into the next uh, amazing subject, or, or in fact, in the show, either are possible, uh, a couple of points. Um, one... Do you think we should relook Brian at doing a kind of analog, maybe with a bit of digital, like fly rig type setup, like um, uh, Morley have done here? Because we've never done anything like that. I know we in the past we we played just as I joined the company. Actually, there was a an artist signature one, sort of in prototype stage. Yep, but. Is this something we should do? And maybe that's something that we can ask the listeners, you know? You know, that's something I would want to ask the listeners. So we did design one for a well-known guitar player. And at the end of the day, we're like, look, this is going to be like a $900 thing. You know, maybe maybe a thousand maybe now with, you know, inflation and such. But, um, you know, and to me, I'm like, I just don't, at, at that time, when was this, 2019? or 20 uh, 2018 ish like 18 okay yeah. yeah so and at the time i mean I, i'm like i don't think this is gonna fly at all like you know just doesn't feel like the right time but i kind of feel like it's getting closer to that sort of time where something like that might be okay you know i mean i'm wondering if you made like a fly rig with like an actual analog delay on it an actual analog reverb on it and then you know, maybe three different gain stages. And Did you say analog reverb? I was going to say, he wants you to include a so, canyon in the say, fly rig. Yeah. Yeah. I want an would actual you, spring. You mean, Sorry, I mean... Like put a big, a big I mean church a faux, or coliseum I, on the board I actually with do the mean the digital faux spring reverb uh, type thing, but an analog sounding reverb, not an actual... Sure. Uh, well, no... Screw you. We're going to put it in a giant box of springs, all right? Uh, we but, could put a string, spring tank on there. You know, but we not? could put like a, a bucket plate. brigade a, delay on big... there, for example. You could do a real kind of uh, sort of fake analog delay on that, but with real gain pedals built in and a wah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's totally possible. In fact, one might say it's already um, most of the work's done. You know, oh, it's so, almost as if we just have to screw the thing together and find the price. Pretty much, pretty much, okay. it's sort of like that. But no, being serious now, I, I would definitely like all of our three listeners uh, to send us their opinions on this because um, I would really like some free market research. Sure. Because uh, I'm really, I, I love the idea, but I'm not sure whether I'm right. just crazy or the world is. Right, and just, just so you don't have to scroll to the end, that addresses podcast at wamplerpedals.com. And that goes to all of us, so 
Or if you just want to get Brian, it's I'm a big deal at Nashville.com. <laughs> you might have heard of me. I make guitar pedals for a living at Wamplerpedals.com. Do you happen to know about a place called the Bluebird? I, I play do. there. I well, play I there. Tell you, I tell you that Vince, Vince Gill called me again on the way down. Boy, you're going to you're gonna give yourself some serious sciatica throwing those names around. <laughs> did did mm-hmm. Vince... Gil, interrupt your telephone conversation, perhaps, with Brent Mason whilst you were having lunch with <laughs> the guitarist of the Foo Fighters, Mr. Chris Schiffler. Uh, did that all happen at once? Or? It did not. But I will but, say, I still, and I, in fact, I turned to my wife because she was in the car with me. I'm like, that still blows my mind. Like, I literally don't believe he just called me out of the blue, you know? Mm-hmm. It just, so, yeah, not what, to drop me. What, what did like, he want? Was I, he um, like... I, I've got a window that needs reframing. Uh, <laughs> got to tile I'm down. Out, I'm out of peanut butter. Can you bring a jar down <laughs> anyway? Right. I've got a bit of a problem. I've got a pond and it's full of snakes. Can you come and deal with it, please? <laughs> Can you come wrangle all of these king cobras out of my backyard? And by if you don't mind, at the same time, my tractor is stuck on a wasp's nest and I don't know how to move it, but I have got some, some napalm from uh, WW2. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, uh, nothing like that. Uh, we do make you out to sound like you have a much more colourful life um, uh, because you do. Um, yeah, this was great, man. I can't like... You know, I've told you, Blake, I'm like, I just... Lo- I love Nashville. If my circumstances were different, I almost absolutely would be living there right now. Oh, but, yeah, same. It's the only other place I would By circumstances, you mean if you didn't have like responsibilities and like yeah i mean all my family's life. up here and i'm going to take care of you know i feel you man some older family members and stuff yeah, so same same yeah um, weirdly I, enough i have a lot of responsibilities in nashville that i have to go to right yeah you just you just fly there every week it's it's totally different it's very efficient it's very I'm efficient say once to again, fly down did, there all the time i did comment on your post it's so awesome that you're uh that your little metal stringy things are now in um, Sweetwater Dudes. That's very cool. Oh, that's great. I know we talked about it last week, but uh, just going to say it again. That's very cool. Um, Just real quick before we go on, for those who don't know what we're talking about, String Joy, um, they got into Sweetwater, so you can buy all of your string needs you know, from String Joy at Sweetwater. Yes, it's a, it's something we're really excited about. Retail is like the big thing. We've been online mostly for a long time. And that's been great, and it's still the bulk of our business, but we're really trying to get more heavily into retail because we sell strings, and yep. you just kind of have to when you sell strings. And so Sweetwater, for Sweetwater to take us on, we're by far the newest string brand that they carry by a long way. Yeah. Like, it's just a big turned, accomplishment. It's we just a, turned eight, uh, our eight-year yeah. eight well, anniversary. Really, really impressive. Uh, so <clears throat> I do so, yeah, want to cover... A couple of things before we go, Bri, because this okay. needs the whole audience again. The divide okay. on mini pedals. Some say too small, others prefer them. What is your view? So, well, you know, I keep seeing uh, you know different threads in these different gear gear groups that um, it's all over the place. Like some people say, I love like the mini, like I love the Tumnus or I love this pedal that's mini, but. I, I tr- try to turn it on and I kick it over or it's, you know, I, I don't feel like it has good enough circuitry because it's in such a small box. Hear comments like that. And, but then I also hear people that say, I don't 
want a great big pedal that just does one sound. I'd rather yeah. have it in a smaller box. So here I am as a person that has a company that makes devices to, uh, you know, that people want, hopefully to make it that people want. And you know, which way do I go? I can't, it can't be both. It can't be both a mini and not a mini at the same time. So we need to dispel some, some mini rumors. And I have some experience with this now at, at the aforementioned Jack DeVille. I've helped him build some of his minis. And yeah, that's right. It's, there's a public perception that minis are cheaper and lower quality just because, I think, of most of the import pedals that come from China that are have no warranty or support or anything tend <laughs> to be mini pedals. Yeah, that's an understatement. My uh, XYZ pedal doesn't work that I bought off Amazon for 20 bucks. Yep. Can you fix it? Nope. Nope. Will they fix it? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Throw it in the garbage. Will they even respond? Nope. 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 <laughs> so there's this, because those are so pervasive, a lot of people's view on mini pe pedals by any manufacturer is that they're lower quality and that they're, they should be cheaper and, and blah, 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 blah. Guess what, everybody? Mini pedals oftentimes are harder to build. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. They yeah. take it's more time. It's actually a harder engineering job. It's a mm -hmm. harder engineering job, and the components are going to be the same, so there's no difference in quality there. Yeah. And the, yet the market demands generally that they be cheaper just because those other ones exist, even yeah. though they're more complicated to build. The other thing with it is, is there's only a few companies doing this, is, is that they don't end up taking up that much less space than a standard pedal, realistically. By the time you yeah, get all the, the jacks, jacks are on the side. Sick, yeah. yep. but yeah. you're wrong, by the way. You are wrong. No, I'm not. No, you I'm are. Not. I, I, I can tell you why you're wrong. Because if you get EBS gold flat jacks, you can put, and you use our pedals, or pedals that use a staggered offset on the, on the plugs, you can put three for the space of every two regular pedals. If it's got and then you can stomp on not two of them at the same time because they're so small. Ah, but this is my next point. One, no, not unless you've got feet the size of uh, actual shovel head. Um, or, but or cowboy two, boots on, by the way. That, I found uh, that out. It, cowboy boots make it much harder to turn things off and on. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You should you should definitely not wear cowboy boots. Uh, not, not in general, just you, Brian. You shouldn't wear cowboy boots. <laughs> um, but i tell you why I love mini pedals, because I use a switcher. So if you're using a loop switcher, I think it opens mini pedals up as being a great solution because you never tread on them. They're always on. You're using the switcher to turn the things on and off, and you never kick them over. So it, you know, I've got, hold on, six mini pedals on my board, using up the space of two regular pedals, essentially. That's, that's good bang for the buck. Yeah. Two, I will say two, two I regular pedals. Four, You're four six regular pedals. pedals sorry, four. I was going to say that's nonsense, that's Richard. Bad math. I used a uh, faux spring reverb, but I placed it sideways just because that was the space I had to I fill. Can't and it fine. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I, I tried that once, and I just didn't like it, Brian. Why I didn't just, you like it? Aesthetically, it really upset. It, yeah, really upsets me. I have to have all my mini pedals next to each other in a neat row. I prefer you know? them to be scattered all about the table. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't doubt this for a minute, young sir. Oh, mm -hmm. I, I got to say this before we go, because huge shout-outs to True Tone for their, what's it, C600 or something? What is their big their big power supply called? The CS16? Right? Shout out, Brian. 
Shout out to True Tone for something or other. (laughs) Shout out to True Tone for that one thing that I got from them, you know? But I mean, so it's the bigger power supply. um, Not the CS12. The bigger one. uh, The biggest one they make. Mm. The one spot pro CS. Maybe it is the CS12. I yeah, thought they a, had one bigger than you know the CS12. What? Maybe they don't. I think it is the CS12. That That's the one I use. And it, it, it's the one okay, I use. Yes, too. it is the CS12. And it is so quite like I was shocked. Oh, because, thank because the Rumble Man, I was in mean, the Rumble Man, I have fluorescent lights everywhere. It's a yeah. nightmare editing video. But, anyways, uh, and audio. But, it's just like everything was just incredibly quiet. And I was like, holy crap. And I've got several great power supplies from, uh, you know, other companies. This is, I'm going to say, this is probably the best I've used. I, it's I used the CS12 great. for a long time. It's, it's, it's amazing. Very good. So when we were testing one of our pedals and I discovered it had a, a lot of noise that I wasn't expecting, part of what I had to do was rebuild my power uh, chain and my board completely because I was like, I can't be sure that some of this noise isn't coming via this PSU that I'm using. And I was using a, like a 15-year-old like DC brick. And yes, that thing was humming, humming like a hummingbird that's just discovered the greatest ever Carpenter song. But <laughs> um, like this One Spot Pro, when I plugged it in, the CS12, is like silence. But it's not just silence, it's so well thought out. You've got yeah. enough outputs. I'm powering a massive board off it. You can there's a lot of high power outputs on it so you can do a lot of daisy chaining if that's your thing. It fits underneath a um pedal train and and has, has mm-hmm. brackets yeah. and has a removable IEC plug connector so it's like super convenient everything about it. And you know, it's it, maybe it's not the fanciest of aluminium anodized enclosures, and maybe it doesn't have like a brand on it that people aspire to. I think it's one of the best power supplies on the market, Brian. Absolutely, a thousand percent. I agree. And in a sort of a reverse shout out, uh, <laughs> we talked about this somewhat recently, but there's been another problem that I just heard about the other day with the other brand of power supplies um, that we inferred. The, the one that we mentioned to, previously. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yet again, another problem with something that should not have a problem, uh, yeah. especially for the price that they they command. It, it yeah. is by far the most consistently problematic power supply that I have seen. And I'm not just saying that. I'm saying that because I'm kind of surprised. Um, so am I. I it's yeah. been one of the engineering uh-huh moments for me because it has consistently caused us problems Whereas nothing else has caused us problems. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it yeah. causes almost as many problems as a cheap, like, no name wall wart. Really? Yeah. Like, that's, I've said, I've personally, outside of working with pedal companies, just through tone mob questions that I get six different times this year that that power supply has been an issue. Wow. Not mm. the CS12. The CS12 is literally never the been. The CS12 an issue. Yeah. is legitimately yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I have to yeah. say, uh, Cheap, what did you say? Cheap, uh, low end wall wart. That's wall like the mu- that's like the best insult you've ever come out with. You should you should call more people that a wall wart. Wall yes, <laughs> you cheap low end wall wart. You. Uh, awesome. Well, I I did want to talk about something else that's quite sweary, so I think we should take that to the Patreon. <laughs> mm, yeah, oh, let's... you haven't sprayed me once in this episode. I get oh, away with it. I haven't. I haven't done what. You didn't 
spray me once. Oh, oh. what? Oh. <laughs> Stop it. Please. Can you do it again uh, just for me? Sure, sure. Yeah. Ah, thanks. A little, take, a little behind the a little behind the ears there. There you go. You know, just, <laughs> just All right, let's uh, uh let's give some huge shout outs and some huge thanks to our executive producers who make this possible. Without them, this would be impossible. Well, not really, but it wouldn't be as fun. All right, here we go. Let's think. Bill Bays, Jake Young from Man the Helm Podcast, Justin Burke, David Tindall, Night Haas, Dave Trombetti, Shannon Weaver and the band Reduced to Rust, Eric Wilson, Radar Frostad, Michael Freer, <laughs> Sean Arbo of Gun Street Wiring, Rick Calhoun of Honey Picks, DJ Patty F, Dylan Toxtone, Strand, Kevin Harrington, Barry from Grez Guitars, Felicity, Tom Kelly, Pigsy, Zebo, John O'Neill, Robert Carr, Hunter Hudson, Rob Stokes, Jordan from the Poison Noises Guitar Pedal Company, and the Flying Dutchman. Thanks a lot, fellas. And, and ladies. Thanks a lot, folks. There you go. Thanks, there you thanks go. everybody. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it very much, and we'll talk to everyone next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Chasing Tone Podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com, and I'll personally get your email. To email Blake, email info at tonemob.com, and Richard can be reached at richard at wamplerpedals.com. If you'd like to show your support for the show, the simplest and free way to do that is to share this podcast with a friend, leave a review and a rating wherever you normally get your podcasts, and also check out Blake's podcast called The Tone Mob. Make sure to check out wamplerpedals.com for blogs, videos, and, of course, guitar effects. If you'd like to hear the post-podcast conversations and to get even more content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash chasingtonepodcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.